On today's episode of Shooting the Breeze, we recap meteorological spring of 2021. We all know it's been a very quiet, severe weather season for central Illinois, but what about everything else? We'll take a look back at the last three months as we kick off meteorological summer. So sit back, relax, and let's shoot the breeze with your local weather authority. Good afternoon, good morning, good night, whenever you're deciding to listen to this hopefully wonderful podcast. This is episode 16. Yay! I'm joined by meteorologist Molly Naslin. Hello! And meteorologist Adam Sherwinski to my left. Not that that matters to you. G'day. <laughs> I just wanted to, I gotta new, find a new one every single time we do one. <laughs> G'day, mate. G'day, mate. Hey, that, we do a show like that. It's called Good Day. G'day, Central Illinois. <laughs> yeah! Yeah! I am terrible with the uh, with the accents. Well, I'm not much better. I'm just doing it for fun. I was going to say. I approved. I liked it. Yeah. Uh, episode 16, uh, doing a spring recap. But before we get into this uh, last couple months weather, let's have meteorologist Adam Sherwinski bring in with today's weather in history. 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 Man, we've got a lot. And I, there was some that I didn't even cover that Chris and uh, Molly brought up too, but I just don't have the time or the paper in my hand to do so. Uh, let's get with June 4th when we're recording this. 1877, Mount, Mark Car- Mount Carmel, that's a mouthful. Uh, June 4th, 1887, Mount Carmel, a tornado formed northwest, northwest of, of uh, Mount Carmel, moved east, northeast, 100 homes damaged, F4 tornado, and at least 16 people were killed. So it formed west of Mount Carmel. Excuse me, I had to read my own handwriting. West of Mount Carmel and then moved north and east, which is a little interesting to see. Uh, June 2nd, Le Vieux, France, I think that's how you say it, 1982, 1.55 uh, mile path. So it kind of moved around. Uh, usually we think of tornadoes, we think of the Midwest, we think of the uh, out west and America. Well, it happens in other countries too. June 1st, 2011, the 10th anniversary of the Springfield, Massachusetts tornado. Another spot that we usually don't think about for tornadoes. Well, Massachusetts has gotten some good ones. EF3, 38-mile track. Uh, so Westfield, Springfield, Manson, Brimfield, and Southbridge. 200, inju- 200 injuries. I'm speaking way too fast. Three dead. What, what year was that? Uh, that was 2011. I, thought, I was like, that, that one's recent. Okay, continue. Another one, May 31st. The 1985 outbreak in Ohio, Pennsylvania, New York, and Ontario. Another spot where we normally don't see a lot of tornado outbreaks. 20 tornadoes. Eight of those were around F4 or F5. So it was a very dangerous day. And if I remember from college, the dry line actually reached all the way into um, Michigan and Ohio, which is somewhere that never really ever sees a dry line. And we're going to finish off with the big one here that I know Chris and Molly are aware of for sure. May 31st, 2013, El Reno Tornado. EF3, 2.6 miles wide, 16.2 mile track. Eight people died. Three of those were chasers slash researchers. And then it was 39 minutes on the ground just outside of OKC. Yeah, that one, uh, personal ties. Uh, Tim Samaras, Paul Samaras, Carl Young, Mm -hmm. three of the the four chasers. And then there was an amateur uh, local storm chaser that died. I did have a pleasure, uh, the pleasure and the privilege to chase with them back in 2008, at least for a brief period of time. But in Colorado, uh, Samaras was a uh, was a, was somebody most storm chasers looked up to. 
and rarely was caught in situations like that. Yeah, but that was, if you ever watched video of the El Reno tornado, Ugh. it is something that, yeah, it's rated EF3, you're thinking that's not that strong. It didn't the, hit much. It, yeah, I it mean. didn't hit anything, but it mm-hmm. was the widest recorded tornado ever. The It grew from a pretty, you know, stout cone funnel to a massive wedge on the ground within 15 30 seconds i think i mean it's just 2.6 mile yeah. wide That's it went wild. from it went from a half mile to, to that 2.6 in a matter of seconds and then so that i mean it didn't just wasn't them it caught a lot of chasers off guard mm-hmm. i think uh mike bettis in the weather channel that was when uh, he got hit and a lot of the chasers got hit by because there were um larger vortices you know if you're multi-vortex but these were you know, imagine actual, you know, not just vortices of a tornado, but actual tornadoes within the tornado. I mean, they, they were large. Yeah. And they were the ones that were getting, they were knocking things off the road. And I mean, mm-hmm. I usually use the term that dark maw over there, but that was a maw, if I've ever heard, can give you one. Yeah, if we can, um, uh, we, you, we, you can try to put this in the reference page on CI Proud. The, any type of video from that link, just link the YouTube oh, video. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of it out there. Uh, mm-hmm. Pecos Hank does a whole documentary video of it, and Pecos Hank is a fun chaser. He does a lot of uh, video out there on YouTube. Highly recommend if you are into severe weather and like pretty videos of lightning and occasional stops to help turtles cross the road. Pecos Hank him. is your Yeah, Pecos Hank is your yeah. guy. He's really good. He's a good one. All right. Uh, well, this year, um, relatively uneventful thus far, as far as severe weather season goes, and that's, uh, yeah, knock on wood, um, for much of the country, although the southeast got, you know, did get hammered early on. And out west have gotten some good they, stuff. We've had some better, at least there's been an uptick in yeah. severe weather activity out west. I still think we're, I have to check the national numbers again, but I think we're still below average. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but uh, no doubt it has been very quiet in central Illinois. Now, if I told you that this spring was actually the past three months, meteorological spring, which runs from uh, from March through May. Uh, it's not the official start to spring, that or the official start to summer uh, at the beginning of June, but it is for record-keeping and uh, just making everything a nice... For data. Three months, mm-hmm. you know, June 1st, summer starts. Uh, but officially, summer will begin till the solstice on the 20th at 10.31 p.m., by the way. Ooh. Yeah, we know the exact time for that. Uh, anywho... Um, the last three months have actually been warmer than average. Mm-hmm. But if you were to go back and say, ah, wait a minute, wait a minute, it was freezing in May, and you would be correct. Yeah. Uh, so uh, here, here's the stats as we have them all laid out uh, so far. In March, that was the month where we were actually well above average. Uh, our uh, 30-year average mean, this is all based on the new climatological normals that uh, were adjusted earlier in the year. Average mean temp is 41 degrees throughout the much uh, throughout the month of March. This year we were at 45.8. Wow. So uh, nearly 5 degrees above average for the month of March. Uh, April I believe we started off warm, got a little colder towards the end of the month. Uh, that one averaged out to just uh, 0.4 degrees above average and then the month of May we were nearly 2 degrees below average. Mm-hmm. We did warm up a little bit towards the end of the month. Um, uh, in the end, we got a net uh, of a of 1.1 degrees above average for the entire three month period. So it was a little bit of uh, a little warmer than normal. And then when it comes to rainfall uh, for Central Illinois, and uh, we had no surprise, I mean, we've had a lot of rain, um, but it's not as much, or the departure from average is not as much as some would think. 
Uh, so March, we had just about uh, a half inch above average. April, we had just over three quarters of an inch above average rainfall. And then we were nearly three inches above average rainfall for the month of May. Now, if you were to ask me or tell me we're going to have above average temperatures, above average precip, which I actually do believe was the forecast uh, for spring um, by the Climate Prediction Center for our local area. I would have said we're most likely going to have an above average severe weather season. And you can go back and you can look at the, and we think we talked about this before, coming out of La Nina's. Um, we have historically seen an uptick in severe weather across the Midwest, in parts of Illinois, and in the South in those climate patterns. But that hasn't been the case this year. Uh, we've actually had well below average severe weather weather locally. I mean, we've only had, what, maybe a handful? Uh, one I can think of in our viewing area, one storm that got severe, multiple severe thunderstorm warnings. But I can't think of any others here in our viewing area, at least, that have had a lot of the Yeah, we had that, that one system that bumped itself just to the very southern edge of our viewing area at the beginning of the season. And then yeah. it's well, been pretty quiet since that then. That was, yeah. And those warnings were all southern fringed areas that, mm-hmm. depending on the strength of your antenna, you either get us or you don't. Yeah. yeah. And we're not necessarily on cable down there. Um, but other than... Uh, Schuyler, Mason, and DeWitt counties, there have been no severe thunderstorm warnings in our DMA. Right. I don't think we've had any tornado warnings. No tornado warnings in our DMA. Nope. So we, uh, everything, again, has been just off to our south. Um, I-72 has been a pretty good delineation point as mm-hmm. for where most of the severe weather uh, has gone. Now, we'll get more into the severe weather here in just a moment. Uh, I do want to take a look um, because things do tend to happen uh, in extremes. It's not unusual. Uh, to see really wet parts of the state. You know, we, I mean, Central Illinois, we've had more than our fair share of moisture, uh, especially western parts of the state. Uh, once you get out towards Quincy, then out through Fulton County, uh, areas west of the Illinois River have been hit quite hard with heavier rainfall. But it's been a different extreme to the north, where Chicago uh, and areas north are six inches plus below average for the last three months my mom and dad have already been saying when are we going to get some rain when are we going to get some rain we need some rain it's like i want to know forecast for you guys and two um yeah no it, i was even kind of impressed or not impressed but kind of like uh i don't know what the, not where impressed isn't the word i'm looking for but uh kind of shocked that yep. there hasn't been that much rain up there and mm-hmm. i've seen storms up there like move through but no i mean maybe it just hasn't been enough for them yeah the there is truth to this, and in, into in drier. I don't know if you, if there's a saying. I've heard this, heard something along the lines of, "It's it's like the richer get richer, the poorer get poorer." But it, it's those who are getting all the getting rain will get more rain. Those mm-hmm. and this is how you end up with these these never ending drought cycles out west, and it's kind of what we're seeing in Chicago, uh, and in areas across northern Illinois. When you get less rain, there's less moisture, soil moisture content in the ground well that actually plays a role on your chances of rainfall if you don't have any moisture content in the ground you get less evaporation and less water vapor in the air which means there's less moisture available for you to have rain so if you're not if if you are in a area that is is starting to see moderate to severe drought conditions it's going to be a lot harder to pull yourself out of that drought because there's less moisture available for the atmosphere now thankfully um, I do, th- I'm, and I'm hopeful that this is going to be relatively short term. I mean, we, it, it just takes a good couple of 
thunderstorm complexes to correct that. Um, We're getting into MCS season. Yes, and Chicago is kind of perfectly lined up for those <laughs> every year. As someone who lived outside of Chicago, I yeah. can agree to that, yeah. yes. Yeah. They, they are right on the train tracks for those uh, MCSs. June and July can get pretty uh, stormy. Now, um, while we had temperatures that uh, our temperatures here uh, were near to slightly above average for spring, uh, Chicago was, and areas north again, well above average. And um, just something to keep in mind if you're uh, an avid uh, weather weenie or just, just interested in general um, uh, in the weather, if you are in a relatively dry spell or you're under drought conditions, less soil moisture means less moisture in the air. Less moisture in the air means you're going to get hotter. And so just something to keep in mind. You may have noticed, and you'll probably notice this over the next week. Now, it is going to feel terrible next week. Yes. You know, we got temperatures in the 80s. You're going to have dew points near 70. Ew. Gross, nasty. It's sticky. It's air you can wear. You're you're sweating through your shirt. Type of weather. I'm already sweating thinking about it. Come on now, Chris. Yeah. See. Yeah. All right. Now, <laughs> if you look at the forecast just this week, I've got high temperatures near 90 degrees Saturday and Sunday. We're going to be quite warm. Gross. But when the moisture comes back, when the dew points increase, the temperatures drop. It's not going to feel that way. It's not going to feel that way. But when there's more moisture in the air, the air temperature will actually be colder. The heat index and the wet bulb, uh, what is it, the wet bulb global temperature, which is another it's another heat index thing that maybe we'll get into eventually. Um, those all feel mad. It, it's, it's hot. It's uncomfortable. It's gross. And it becomes, uh, becomes dangerous. Uh, so no surprise that Chicago was, and uh, northern Illinois in general, so above average temperatures, again, less soil moisture, less moisture in the air. The air temperatures are able to warm up much more than they are or were able to do here in central Illinois. And keep in mind, they, they too were under the influence of some pretty cold air and chilly air in May. That just lets you know how warm they were in April and March. Anything you guys would like to add to those? I think what's interesting is that we, we were talking about the temperatures, how warm we've been or how cool we've been and all the rain and stuff, but it's funny because people will, won't think about the days that we were one or two degrees above average. They're thinking about the days we were 10 degrees below average or 15 degrees right. below average, and they're like, oh, it was really cool this year. It was, but we had a lot of warm there's days, a, too. There's a recency bias there, yes. which when you go back and look, and, and you forget that March was quite warm. Mm-hmm. And it's also you know to remember that, yeah, the, the cooler days are most notable, but when we were below average, aside from the month of May, which was most of the month, we were consistently, you know, two or three degrees below average, if not colder. Um, for every, it's kind of a four steps forward, two steps back type of thing. So when you're below average, your temperatures are kind of like, yeah, we're we're two or three degrees below average. But when we're above average, we're four or five degrees above average, and it kind of completely offsets right <laughs> whatever mm-hmm. below average temperature. Right. So just remember that. You know, you can break this down, and we, we do on our website, ciproud.com, you can break, we have it all broken down between the months of, you know, when we were colder. Well, we can break that down by week, and you can see which weeks were significantly colder, but, but we didn't. It's all kind of done by month. But, um, yeah, we had enough uh, warmth, early season warmth, to at least keep our spring a bit on the warmer side. But uh, if May was above average temperature-wise, we probably would have had a little bit more severe weather. Probably. Yeah, there would have been a lot more instability available. And something, you know, it usually just comes to you, where's the warm front, right? And each day the warm front, although 
Um, the first chance when we had that, when we issued the severe weather alert day, the warm front was up along Interstate 80. It's just they had some other morning storms and stuff up to the north that mm-hmm. kind of influenced things. All right, so that rolls us into the next topic, quiet weather, severe weather season. Um, and quiet literally because there hasn't been much thunder. There hasn't been many just regular old thunderstorms either. No. So I went back and I looked at the number of days where we've had thunderstorm or thunder reported at Peoria International Airport. You can uh, count them almost on one hand for the year. You can count them on one hand for spring. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we've had in the month of uh, in February, we had one thunderstorm day. In March, we had one thunderstorm day. In April, we had two. And in May, we had two. So six. So two hands, but yeah. Two hands, but if you ignore the February day. Oh, yeah, for spring, yeah. One hand spring. One hand spring. Golly. That's in. Keep in mind, we average nearly six thunderstorm days in the month of May alone. Hmm. So, um, we well below average. Uh, we average throughout the month of spring thirteen days of thunderstorms. Again, we've only hit five. Yeah. So we're well below average there. And um, that's kind of a nifty. I've got a chart on this uh, on our website. Check it out. It's kind of unique. And I I didn't plot the uh, thunderstorms in vicinity either. These are just thunderstorms reports. So. Uh, maybe if I if you plot the vicinity, maybe that the numbers go up, but I think the averages are going to go up as well. I think if you were to add Bloomington Normal to that, you would might get a few changes. A few to extra that. bumps, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They had a few more. Um, and we also have some nifty maps uh, as we were talking about how most of these severe thunderstorm warnings uh, have been south of us. Now, for the National Weather Service office in Lincoln, and Adam, I believe you did a story on this a few weeks back about the slow start to severe weather season. But mm-hmm. for that office, they've actually been relatively busy Mm -hmm. yeah and a lot of that if you look at this map which you can't see right now but we'll post it obviously to our website um really the interesting thing is that a lot of the activity is still in the national weather service lincoln's office lincoln's office uh Mm -hmm. their viewing area or their not viewing area that's what we say they're uh their forecasting area. Thank you, Molly, for moving it around. We appreciate that. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm like hogging bu- the screen over I'm here. I'm behind uh, the monitor, so. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, but they've been busy. They have been busy. Um, a lot of the activity has been south of Champaign, really, into Springfield, Decatur. Uh, Mattoon has seen some stuff, too, and a lot of it's even been farther than se- that, south than that. I don't know all the counties off the top of my head, but yep. basically anywhere from, what was it, 72 southward? 72 southward, yep. yep. Uh, that's that's about the bulk of the warnings there. Now, the tornado warnings, and you can see the we had a – there were two distinct events here. I got it turning. There you go, Molly. Okay. So there was that – the day we issued a severe weather alert day. Uh, I forgot the exact date. It was early May. It was early May. Uh, we had a line of storms developing in Iowa, and it was looking like that morning that the southern edge of that line was going to come down I-74. Uh, and so that's when we said, I'm like, if that happens, there's going to be rotating thunderstorms with that, that whatever storm that is, that is going to be rotating. And we're probably going to have some tornadoes with it. And so we're like, let's issue the severe weather alert day. Um, we had models placing it anywhere from I-74 to Interstate 80. Well, it turns out it actually set up just south of it. It went I-72. So it was still off by about 30 miles. 
Um, but you can see the one cell. <laughs> oh yeah, that it was yeah. very just, evident which storm that is. Yep. And mm-hmm. we, I was out there in the field, and uh, we were in the county just to the north there, just in north. Uh, Mason County, then moving into uh, oh, what's it, uh, Logan, Logan County, yeah. I know them, but sometimes I don't. It's just it's hard sometimes. I had some uh, some friends that I live in Springfield that chased that whole thing. It's a it was a, I an, feel, a, an interesting storm, and I, I feel bad for 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 Adam because it's like he is he's you are Way. within drive and I, you, yeah you could have but I'm like you gotta stay at art. Yeah. <laughs> which, which, the, now the thing is afterwards you were like hey adam if you want to go down there you can and i was like yeah. ah, i'm going home i've been up since uh, i've been here since 8 30 i want to go home i want to go to bed but the pictures from that cell were quite uh they were it was a beast was i'm a glad beast. that you were out in the field that day and not me because yeah. i got to go home sooner than you did, yeah, you did. <laughs> uh so there was that event and then there was another one where we had a uh, squall line um coming out of uh, missouri this one also stayed well south of us uh but it it there were, um, it, it, it spawned a few. It cycled so many times. Yeah, like, it was after the noon show. Yeah. So those, uh, and you can see those distinct warnings kicking out away from St. Louis and then uh, pushing east. Uh, but no, for uh, the National Weather Service in Lincoln, they've had a pretty active year. But yeah, oh, locally, yeah. Not as far as our viewing area goes, just yeah. not here. We haven't been touched. Now, keep in mind, uh, as we mentioned in in our in a previous podcast, severe weather season just tends to peak in early june but we do get active weather oh, we've yeah. had a number of uh a number of tornadoes to touch down late in the year uh, we had that derecho in august august last year the plainfield tornado was in august of august. 95 august 12 uh 25th uh last year alone taswell mclean livingston counties we had uh tornadoes in july mm-hmm. uh those were ju- those were not part of a boag those were legit supercell yeah. type storms they do happen we had a few. We had a lot of wind events towards the end of the season last year. And then we, we had those really sporadic supercell clusters. Yeah, derechos and wind events become more common um, as we do late July and um, and early August. So uh, I would imagine we're going to see storm reports kind of fill in. MCS season's coming right around the corner. <sighs> Where you just gotta sit there and wait and see what happens. It might be something, might be nothing. Mm. That well, that duratio. I went back and I was looking because I remember that was one. Uh, the duratio was it August tenth mm-hmm. of last year. That was not expected the night before. No, there was a slight risk for severe weather for southern parts of our viewing area. Um, but what ended up happening is this elevated cluster of storms coming out of South Dakota. Um, all of a sudden, it. There were it was strong winds got trapped beneath an inversion out there in uh, in Nebraska, and the storm finally became surface based again, and we had nothing but extreme instability mm-hmm. south of whatever boundary that thing was that was riding on, and that thing just went, and it just escalated. That was one of those mornings. I mean, we went from a, I think that was the one where there was no risk area highlighted for so northern Illinois. It was. Because I remember this, because that was during my shift. Yes. It was, we had, I think we were in a marginal for most of central Illinois, yes. and I think there was a slight just to the north of us. We went from marginal to enhanced within a few hours. Wow. And they so had moderate within that, within a few hours. They issued a special update at, uh, they issued the 12Z update, and that's mm-hmm. the one that had the, uh, had a slight. They, yeah. And then at 13Z, they issued the. The moderate the, hey, and enhanced. This is not. This is this is changing quick, and then then it went up to moderate. I mean, yeah. it, it, it that was one that went from zero to sixty real quick, mm-hmm. 
And uh, but yeah, that was that. As far as forecasters go, uh, the day before you'd like to have that, you know, knowledge that we didn't. We just didn't and have I don't, it. There's no, there did, yeah. The ratio, but the ratios are hard beasts. Oh, uh, well, they're they're not easy. They're not no. easy to forecast because you, you don't. The fact go, that they were able to, they, we saw it in the morning and said this thing is going to escalate. That was, I mean, that's I. The people I feel real bad for in Iowa because they had yeah. no time to prep. No. no, and that's not anybody. It's just the way. It's just the way it, it went. There, mm-hmm. they there's go from no, being the cluster of storms to supercells to. Ooh, this is a deratio, yeah. and it just escalates. Yep. It just escalates too quick. That's what happened when elevated storms somehow get, you know, they get surface space. And a lot of it comes down to, are storms going to last? And we mm-hmm. this is something that, you know, we constantly looked at for our latest chance for severe weather. Do we get a, do we get remnant convection coming out of the central plains? Does it hold together? Because there's a number of possibilities here. It's going to hold together, and it's going to come through early enough in the day that eliminates any severe weather potential. Or it's going to come through, fizzle out. And then the atmosphere recovers, and then we end up with a bigger chance for severe weather. Or it comes through and intensifies as it comes through, which not good for the people being hit by it, but it lowers the severe weather chances for areas further north. Mm-hmm. Or does it not come through at all, and now you're looking at supercells everywhere. And every model will tell you something different about how that's going to play out. Mm-hmm. That's the worst, when they can't agree. No. And more often than not, we do see the MCSs coming through to some degree. Um, but if I recall that um, that August tenth day, I don't think anything had that turning into what it turned no, into. No, and the it was of. yeah, it was morning of, and I I watched the whole thing unfold live um, in a later documentary that was put together. The half hour before it hits Cedar Rapids is when they finally realized this is yeah. bad. That's how little time they had for this. We had a little bit. I was grateful we had more time because we, we issued a. Um, we issued a severe weather alert day in between the morning and noon show, I believe. Yeah. And we said this is going to be a deratio. We had we had that noon show to tell people yeah. what was going on. We had a little bit more time here, but Iowa, not so much. And that's where they had the most of the damage. So um, more work, you know, that's something we can do as forecasters. But I, you look bad. There's not much you can do in that Mm-mm. particular situation. But it is an area that probably, you know, and that I know is being studied and should continue to be studied. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. I from a research and data point of view, I, I can't wait to see what else comes out from that. All right, uh, back to um, other events uh, so far this year. We talked about the thunderstorm count. Um, we've and obviously no severe thunderstorm warnings. And I went back and believe it or not, I found a plot of this. <laughs> uh, the last time we've had no severe thunderstorm warnings up through this time of year, gonna go all the way back to 1995. Wow where Peoria was not under a severe thunderstorm warning or a tornado warning. That's I'm doing math in my head, so give that, me 25, 26 years? It's, uh, 25, 15, 20. Yeah, 26. We're all meteorologists. We all yeah, done yeah, math. Yeah, yeah. It's we, the simple math we struggle yeah, with. Yeah, right? simple math. <laughs> oh, differ, differential equations, that's easy yeah, now. Yeah, that's fine. We're deriving equations in our two sleep. Two plus two, wait a minute. Wait, yeah, wait, what? what's two plus two again? I forgot. Uh... Uh, yeah, 1995. And uh, so I'm going to – I meant to look at this, but I'm curious to see what 1995 was like. Well, 1995, again, that's the Plainfield tornado. Plainfield, well, well knocking on wood again. Right. This isn't – got it. What oh. is this? No, this that. is like particle board. <laughs> it's something. <laughs> Some wood composite. Uh, all right. <clears throat> Uh, but you can compare it. that to 2020. We had eight by this time of year. Mm-hmm. 2019, we had six. 
2018 only two, uh, and then 2017 we were busy. 15. I mean, we we always talk about how 2019 was always a very busy year. 2020 was fairly busy too. I'm not mm-hmm. quite as much as 2019, but it was up there. I hate to chime in. I was wrong. 1990 was the plant field tornado. I goofed. Oof, I goofed. Wow. I goofed. Goodness. Goodness. Way to go. Way wow. to go, Sherwinsky. Yeah, but still, it was in August. So yeah, that's, that's a, the other part to take away. Anyway, uh, this uh, all these nifty charts, courtesy of the Iowa uh, Environmental Mediagram, I think is what that means. Uh, the IEM auto plot. Iowa mm-hmm. State has a very good uh, oh, yeah. data, uh, just a warehouse of data, if you can figure out what you're looking for. <laughs> you you yeah. know what you're looking for, uh, but you don't know how to find it. But if you can find it, it is um, it is a treasure trove of data. So uh, shout out to Iowa State for that wonderful information. Uh, also, Storm Prediction Center's uh, summary of storm reports, at least in Illinois thus far, 87 reports. I was trying to find how that compares to average, couldn't. Um, but uh, 80, I would say it's at least for the state, it's probably close to on par. Um, but there's a big gaping hole <laughs> in <laughs> our view between Chicago between area and Chicago and I 72. Uh, we did have that one tornado report from yeah. that was the oh, Mason, yeah. Mason the yeah, just north of Mason City, a brief spin up tornado uh, that happened around 10 30 on March 23rd. Wow, uh, it feels so long ago, yeah. it does. I remember that night. I remember seeing the rotation couplet. I'm going, well, that looks interesting. And then the next scan came through in my CC correlation coefficient product. And I'm like, that's a debris ball. Oh, hello. Um, and I remember is the newscast, the 10 o'clock news just ended. I'm like, hey, guys, we might have to cut in here. Give, you know, Let me see it for another scan. And it all dissipated. I'm like, well, I, there's no reason to cut in now because it's already gone. Storm went psych. <laughs> Storm literally went psych. You ain't cutting in for me, Just bud. Kidding. So we did a Facebook thing. Said we had a possible tornado, and I was still trying to get that all confirmed through the weather service. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, it's it's in the middle of the night. Nobody's you can't see anything, but there was some damage out there. EF zero tornado uh, from a brief spin up at with an embedded squall line there that came on through. There may have been another one. There was another signature in DeWitt County, uh, but there was no reports of damage. So. Something I found interesting, and Molly brought this up the other day, and it doesn't have anything to do with us locally, but something that I've never seen until I think this season. Uh, Molly was talking about the EFU, E-F-U. which I've never, so I've never seen before. We briefly talked earlier about how out west they have been getting a little bit more activity than we have. Texas is a massive state, as we all know. They have been getting EFU-rated tornadoes because, as you know, the EF scale is based off of damage. Um, these tornadoes are touching the ground. But they're not causing any damage because they're in the middle of fields. But we have confirmed reports that these tornadoes are here. But since there's no damage to be able to give it a rating, they are labeling it as EFU or Enhanced Fujita Unknown. So that's weird because I'm trying to think, how can you have a tornado and have literally nothing to look at afterwards? That's the part that throws me for a loop. Living in Wyoming and Colorado. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It doesn't. I mean, there. So I watched one of the most photogenic tornadoes I have ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Be rated. An, I think they went with EF zero at the time because they were still implementing the mm-hmm. e, with the EFU thing came around in two thousand six. Yeah. It's okay. Fairly, so it's been around. It's I, been I, around. I've never seen it until we don't see it around here often because we're more populated. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so when tornadoes, they usually hit something out here. It, whether it's some, whether it's just a random shack or some farming equipment, they hit something. But out west. You don't have just farm fields. You have rangeland. Mm-hmm. And so there's, you know, you've got just miles upon miles of Grass. just 
open grassland for, for for cattle. Yeah. And so there's there's nothing out there. And I watched and I've got video of this. I got to show you guys. It's it's great video. Oh. Um, of yeah. this <laughs> of this tornado. It's one of the most photogenic tornadoes I've taken. It didn't hit a thing. Mm-hmm. Nothing. You can yeah, and. I was like, what are you guys going to rate that? And I think they said they were rating it an EF zero because they they were still implementing the unknown scale. But it they it's good to have that EFU rating because a zero kind of throws off what you don't know, right? I mean, yeah. there to me that tornado looked it, it was I would have probably said if it, just looking at it would have been a one or a would mm-hmm. probably been a one, but it didn't hit anything. There's nothing there to you know. You just look at the speed. You're looking at the dust that's kicking up and. And, and we do have, especially with, with technology now, uh, we have the capability to measure wind gusts and wind speeds. And that does help a little bit when it comes to narrowing down some of those category factors. But like we said, when there is nothing around it, you, yeah. you can't do anything. And, and just keep in mind, the um, the enhanced Fujita scale is still based on damage. That's true. And so there's a lot of people are, are still upset, I believe, over the El Reno storm being considered an EF3. Mm-hmm. Because it, uh, it, if that thing were to have gone through the heart of El Reno, I think you would have seen a much higher... Or OKC? Uh, or even going into just OKC? Any, just any populated area, because it sure. was on the outer ends of town. So yeah. it, didn't, it did EF3 damage doesn't mean it wasn't capable of doing more and there was right. doppler on wheels measured wind speeds well above the ground that were around 300 miles if not over 300 miles per hour which would put it in the ef5 category mm-hmm. now how much of the wind speeds uh say a couple hundred feet off the ground how much do those change down towards the surface and there's going to be some sort of change there um but the National Weather Service, because there was, I think they said, look, based on Doppler, we've got this rating. And then they went back and said, nope, we're going to call it an EF3 because we got to stay consistent within the damage scales. It is really nice to have, you know, the actual data measurements, though, from stuff like Doppler on wheels and all that. So you can actually take that into account. But that's not what's being used for the rating. And, and so but you say is, look, it's an EF3 and then you have like an asterisk or, a, you know, a note mm-hmm. saying, hey, but radar indicated wind speeds of this at this altitude yep and you just you 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 keep that and you context is everything i don't think you ignore it and you could still classify that as a historic and it, it, that one is going to be a historic tornado i mean 2.6 miles wide is not something that's going to be easily forgotten and, and no. very experienced storm chasers losing their lives during it all right uh so yeah just a quick summary um it has been a quiet spring here in central Illinois. It's been wet, but it's been quiet as far as severe weather goes. It has been warmer than average. And we are now heading into summer, which uh, apparently decided to show up right on time because it is going to be hot, yeah. humid. and uh, I feel like we uh, literally flipped a switch. We're like, oh, okay, it's summer now. Yep. We're Just on, like that. Yep. On off. So we having a pool party was the plan. Who's got a pool? Uh, we I have mean, a lifeguard here. We do have a lifeguard. No, don't, don't, mm, don't throw me out there like that. My lifeguarding days are over with. No. Oh. I know how to do it. Actually, my certification expired, but I know how to do it. I, I, I well, Unless we got to go crash somebody's pool party. There we go. <laughs> I'm down. Let's, you heard it here first, Central Illinois. We're looking for a pool party. We're looking yeah. for a pool party. All right, who's going to take us out uh, with a joke? I got, I got one. I got one. And it's related to what we just talked about. Pools? No. <laughs> Not pools? Oh, uh, no. womp womp. No, what are you mean? No, that was bad. That was bad. Um, Whatever happened 
to the cow that was lifted into the air by the tornado. Well, let's just say it was an utter disaster. 